You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Today we are, uh, we're talking or we're continuing on <clears throat> talking about the book of James. This is our third week. So we've kind of been going almost chapter by chapter a little bit. The first week we were in James chapter one, <coughs> excuse me. The next week, or last week, we went from James 1 into James 2, and then today we're going to be only in 12 verses of James chapter 3, but we will be in James chapter 3, so we're kind of going in order here. So today, though, we're talking about taming the tongue, taming the tongue. Have you ever known somebody uh, that if they think it, they say it? <laughs> and you, uh, maybe you don't have to show your hands, but maybe that might be you. Did you know, have you... Uh, it's easy for you to just say whatever you're thinking, right? Maybe you have a short filter there that it just comes out. Um, when I think of that, I have a few, uh, I have a few family members that I can think of. I got a, an uncle specifically that I can think of that he's pretty quick to just, if it comes to his mind, it is out there for everyone to hear. And a lot of times it's just like, oh boy, here we go. You just kind of have to roll your eyes and uh, just bear it. You know what I mean? It's just like, just let him run his course and eventually he'll, he'll stop talking, right? Eventually he'll He'll uh, shut his mouth. So we don't want to be those people, though. We don't want to be people that just run our mouth because biblically, <laughs> we're going to find out today, uh, we got to be careful of what we say. we got to be um, uh, guarding our mouth is how the scripture says it. we got to guard what comes out, what we say. We can't afford to say everything we think. And that applies to a lot of different scenarios. You can't afford to say everything you think when crisis happens. You can't afford to say everything you think whenever uh, somebody... Uh, does you wrong. You can't afford to say everything that you think whenever your spouse doesn't do something that you think they should do. You can't afford to say every single thing that you think. We must watch what we say. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read James chapter 3. We're going to read the first 12 verses here, and then we're going to kind of break it down and see how it applies to us. So let's read this. Um, James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read from the New Living uh, today. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for he who teach will be judged more strictly. Let me stop there for a second. Sorry, we're only one, one verse in. Uh, this is why, I would tell you this, this is why at Abide Church we are very protective of who we allow to speak and to teach from the stage up here. Because uh, at the end of the day, when I see Jesus, who's the head of the church, I, as the lead pastor of this church, will have to give an account for everything that was said from this place, everything that was taught from this place. And this is a good verse to know if you're feeling called to ministry. This is a good verse to know and to realize this is a reality that there is a stricter judgment for people that teach because there is influence that comes with it. You can point people in the right direction, in the wrong direction. You can point people in a direction by your words because they are trusting that you are teaching accurately the word of God. And so you got to be careful. And so not, we're not, I don't ever say that to, no one will ever teach up here. No, we have guest speakers and we're going to have uh, people from our team that will speak from time to time. But we, I am very much aware of what they will be saying and making sure that it is aligned with God's word, not pointing us in the wrong direction. So anyway, let's continue on. Verse two, indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. That's a huge verse. Let's go to verse three. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. 
even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. A lot of symbolism at the end there, but you get the gist, right? <laughs> you got to watch what we're saying because there's a lot that can happen. Let's dive into it. We're going to look at three spiritual truths from this passage alone. The first one is this. James shows us a controlled tongue leads to a controlled life. A controlled tongue leads to a controlled life. And I want to remind you that James is, uh, he's the half-brother of Jesus. And so a lot of what James talks about, he actually pulls from what Jesus has said. And so a lot of his verbiage uh, imitates passages that Jesus has preached in the past. We'll look back at that here in just a second. But let's look at it. A controlled tongue leads to a controlled life. James 3, 2, let's go back to our, our context here, our verses. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. This verse alone, I, you could preach a whole message on. This verse alone, it, it says it all, basically, right? It says, look, if you can control this thing, you can control the rest of your life. You can't control what happens to you per se, but you can control how you go through your life. And this is what he's talking about. You can control and guide yourself through certain things that come your way. He says you will be made perfect. This is very similar to what James says. I think it was James chapter one that we talked about it, how our patience will make, make it perfect, our faith perfect. Perfect is simply maturity in faith. It's needing, it's lacking nothing. It is complete He's saying, look, if you can control your tongue, you would be perfect. You could control ourselves in every other way. Let's look at verses 3 and 4, though. He says this. He says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Here's what's amazing. Uh, I was doing a little research, and if you look up cruise ships and uh, just how they steer cruise ships, most of the time it's not some huge wheel like we like to think it is, right? And the, where the captain's up there just driving this huge cruise ship with this massive wheel. That's not how it works nowadays, I guess. Uh, that would be cool. That would make me want to do that. That'd be sweet, but it's not how it works. It's actually a little, uh, basically a small knob or a joystick, and they literally just turn it where they want to go. And this is exactly what James is talking about. He's like, it doesn't matter how big the ship, what's controlling its direction is something very small, something that would seem insignificant, something that you would just kind of overlook. But he says it's that small thing that guides the ship to safety. So no matter how strong the storms of, uh, of life are, if you control your tongue, you can guide yourself through the storm to the other side. But here's what happens. People are going through life, and a storm comes, and let's use the ship for an example, and a storm comes, and they don't control their tongue, and so they just let the ship do whatever it does, because the storm's going to happen, and you just got to ride it out. Well, that's not smart. <laughs> that's not good, because the ship is going to get shipwrecked. 
People, people fall into destruction or rather allow destruction to happen in their lives because they didn't control their tongue, according to James. James says, storms will happen, but what are you going to say in response to the storm? This is what we see. We, we see this in Proverbs 18, 21. This is the, probably the most popular verse when it comes to speaking. It says this, death and life from the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words are important. Today's words are tomorrow's reality. Today's words are tomorrow's reality. Now hear me in this. We're not speaking denial. Okay? A lot of people take this and they take it to some crazy extreme where I'm driving home and I get into a car wreck. And because I got into a car wreck, I get out and I start confessing, no, I wasn't in a car wreck today. I did not get in a car accident. My car, uh, my car is not, you know, all beat up. My window's not shattered. That's denial. That's not what we're talking about. However, you can be driving home and get into a car wreck and you can see the destruction, but speak the promises of God over your situation. God, this looks bad, and I can't afford this right now, but I thank you that your word says that you work all things together for the good of those who serve you. Lord, I thank you that I, we're, we're givers. We give of our tithe and our offering. You said you brought so much blessing. We wouldn't have room enough to receive it, that you would supply all of our needs. I start claiming blessing and promising, and I start speaking life into my situation. I don't have life and death in my power. All I'm doing when I speak life and death is I am speaking, allowing someone else's words to come out of my mouth. So when I speak death, I'm allowing Satan's words to come out of my mouth to the situation. When I speak life, I'm allowing the words of God, his word, to come out of my mouth and speak life into the situation. So I'm not living in denial. That's not what, that's not what we're talking about here. Life in, in tongue is when I speak the book of life. That's where life comes from. I'm not living in denial. I may face something. I may be going through something. I may be just like, God, I don't know how I'm going to face tomorrow. But I can choose to speak life. And just like guiding a ship through a storm, I can guide it with my words to get safely through the storm. It may be a little bumpy. It may get a little rocky. But I can do something about it in response. Here's what I would say, though, about our words. We have to be aware of this. You're, you can apply this to every part of your life. Your marriage, all the married people in the room, listen up. Your marriage will only be as good as the words you're speaking over it. Your marriage will only be as good as the words you're speaking over it. If I am constantly calling my spouse a stupid idiot, I'm just speaking death over them. And if I'm saying it to their face, if I'm saying it behind their back, if I'm always talking about it in front of my kids, guess what? I'm going to allow, I'm going to eat the fruit of that. I'm going to allow my spouse to be a stupid idiot. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Or... I won't live in denial that maybe they made some dumb choices, <laughs> but I can speak life over them instead. God, I thank you that they have a purpose. They may not know what it is, Lord, I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. Today, they're going to make great decisions. I thank you that they have favor on their side. Everybody says they got bad luck. All of this is happening to them. Thank you they have your favor in the name of Jesus. Everywhere they walk, your favor goes before them. Your blessing is before them. You're making a way for them. I'm not living in denial, I'm not speaking denial. I'm speaking life, which aligns with the book of life over my life. You see what I'm saying? We can get off though and say, well, don't be, speaking in faith is living in denial. It's not. It's wisdom according to God's word and we're gonna continue to see that today. Your job will only be as good as the words you're speaking over it. Your relationships will only be as good as the words you're speaking of. Your kids, apply the same thing that we said about the spouse to the kids. 
if I'm always calling my kid worthless and no good to their face, I can't expect them to grow up and be a responsible adult. Right? (laughs) Death and life. Someone will reap the fruit. What am I saying over my kids? It doesn't mean I'm denying the struggle that they're facing, but I can speak life when I face the struggle. My future will only be as good as the words I am speaking over it. Today's words are tomorrow's reality. So where do you want your life to go? Where do you want it to go? Based on that, what are you speaking and saying today? Where do I want to go? What do I want to see in a year, in five years? Where do I want my family to be? Where do I want my marriage to be? Where do I want my career to be? What am I saying today? And this is why um, I would say this. At the end of service, we, we, the altar's open. Our prayer team's available. In each, we have more resource tables over here in the corner. We have resource tables everywhere. This one specifically is for prayer requests and needs. We have scripture cards over here that have some topics. If you're facing something, we want to give you some life to speak over your, your situation, speak over what's happening. So after service, we can make this really practical. If you're facing something, you don't know what to speak, you're just confused, you don't know what's going on, we, can, we have some stuff we can put in your hand and bless you and say, hey, go say this over your situation this week. Here's the second spiritual truth that we see from James in this passage. An uncontrolled tongue leads to a life on fire. A controlled tongue leads to a controlled life. An uncontrolled tongue, it's not just an uncontrolled life. It's a life on fire, according to James. And he uses some pretty strategic uh, verbiage here. Let's look back at it and remind ourselves. James 3, 5 through 6. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set the whole, your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. A few years ago, I think it was a few years ago, uh, there was this huge forest fire that got started um, by a, a gender reveal. Anybody else see that? Like it was a gender reveal, something small, but it burnt down acres and acres, of, and acres of things. This is what can happen with one small word, one small thing. It can burn down your life. Taming the tongue is a constant tension, a daily decision, but it is incredibly important. That what I am saying, it's not just that I'm saying life to guide myself through the storms, it's that I'm making sure that I'm not saying death to bring on destruction or to light my, my, my life on fire. He says this in, in earlier in the passage, he says, we praise God, then we curse his most prized possession. The thing that is made in the image of God. Many times this happens on Sundays. Churches all, all across the world that gather together on Sunday in America, and we praise God, we raise our hands, and then talk to any waiter or waitress in the business. They hate Sundays. Why? Because all them church people got out of church and they come to eat at our restaurant, and they're jerks. This is what James is talking about. We praise God, and then 30 minutes later, I destroy and I tear down my waitress because she didn't keep my sweet tea full. Is it important to have good service? Absolutely. Is it important to do your job right? Absolutely. However, is my sweet tea more important than that daughter of God or that son of God? It's just perspective. That's what James is bringing up. He says perspective. You got to make sure that you're not just praising God and then the next second going in and cursing the thing that he created. He says, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let me back up a little bit. I skipped a few verses, so let me get back up to where I was going. If you do not control your tongue, 
he said, you're going to set your life on fire. Let me show you what a lot of people's houses look like in the spiritual realm today. Put up this picture of the wildfire. If you could see their life, if you could see their house spiritually, obviously physically it's not happening, but spiritually it looks like this. Why? James says it's because of the words they're saying to each other. Because of how they're speaking to each other. I know so many, so many uh, Christians who they, they'll go to church, they'll praise God, and then they'll go home and they'll scream and they'll fight and they'll throw things and punch hole in the wall on the same Sunday that they praise God. And in America, we call that, well, that's communicating. Scream, fight, and throw some things. If you're not doing that, you're not communicating. Let me tell you something. That's something that we came up with. That's a bunch of baloney to make ourselves feel better for not controlling ourselves. God's word only ever, ever talks about unity. For the church and for your marriage. Doesn't mean you'll never disagree. You will disagree. Hear me. You will disagree. But how will you respond to the disagreement? Like a child throwing a fit and burn your house down spiritually? Or by guarding your mouth, taming your tongue, being aware that I could speak one spark and it could end everything here. Imagine children growing up in a home where, where so much angry words are being said. And spiritually, this is what is happening. And yet we expect marriages, kids, relationships to survive this. We would never expect them to survive this and to live in that continually in the natural, but we expect them to in the supernatural, in the spiritual. You see how important words are. I'm not saying this to say if you've, if you've been screaming or fighting with your spouse, hear me, I'm not here to bash you to put you down. I'm just saying, hey, Today, you can put that fire out and you can begin to rebuild. Today's a day of hope. It's not a day of, oh, man, we are horrible. We, our kids aren't going to be walking with God. No, don't, don't, don't hear that. Hear the hope side of it. We can put this fire out by what we're saying, by what we're saying. He says, your life is set on fire by hell itself. Those words, those awful words, by hell itself. We see this in the life of Jesus. Peter speaks up at one point, and Peter is speaking his mind, and he's saying, hey, no one's going to hurt you. I'm not going to let anything bad ever happen to you. And Jesus looks back at him, and he says, get behind me, Satan. And it seems so harsh, like, Jesus, he's trying to help. Why would you say that? But it's, it's simply because of this. When you don't control your tongue, you sound like Satan himself. That's what James says. He says, for it, your, your tongue is a fire and you are, it's set on fire by hell itself. This is why Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't saying, you know, Peter was demon possessed or you know, possessed by Satan. He's saying, your words remind me of the words of my enemy. We got to watch what we are saying. Speaking, and if we are speaking fire words like that, we're speaking and we're bringing fire and destruction and death everywhere that we go. And it's just like walking through a forest and just tossing out things that are on fire. It's not going to be good. It's going to be destruction behind us. Look at Proverbs. Proverbs 21, 23 says this. Watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up, right? Like keep, hey, just, just don't say anything, okay? It's going to help you a whole lot. <laughs> Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his mouth, he preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. You want a promise of destruction? It's when I start running my mouth all the time. If I want destruction, chaos in my life, just, just if I think it, say it, and whatever happens, happens. 
Don't do that. Here's the other thing that we fall into, though, is we will say things and say things, and if someone gets offended, we say, well, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's just as foolish as me going to my neighbor's house, setting their house on fire, going back to my driveway and watching it burn, and them come out screaming, wondering what's going on. I mean, say, hey, why are you guys so upset? It was just a joke. Foolish, right? Proverbs says that exact thing. Let's look at it. Proverbs 26, 18. Like a crazy person shooting deadly flaming arrows are those who deceive their neighbor and say, hey, I was just joking. You may be joking. (laughs) It's not our job to to try to tiptoe around people and not offend people. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you've got to watch the way you talk to people. That the, the enemy may have them on the ledge, beat down into a pit, you got to watch the way that you talk to people that you're not coming along and just pushing them down into the pit with your words. Because I was joking. We can joke around, and we should have fun, okay? If we're not having fun, we're doing it wrong. But we got to be aware of the situation, use some wisdom, guard our mouth, and make sure that what I'm saying is not pushing someone into destruction. Amen? Does that make sense? James is not telling us to take a vow of silence. Here's the other side of this. He's not saying don't say anything ever. Keep your mouth shut always. Take a vow of silence for the rest of your life. No, because look at all the examples that he gives. The bit or the bridle, the rudder, and the fire can all do tremendous good when they are controlled properly. When those things are controlled properly, the rudder, right, the bit in the horse's mouth, the fire. Fire is great when it's controlled And that's what James is pointing out. He says, you need to be aware of what your tongue is like because now you can see it can cause destruction or it can cause life to take place. We got to be aware. Words are never just words. Hopefully you're hearing that today. And here's, I'll back that up by saying this. Here's point number three, that for today. The tongue reveals the heart. This is what James shows us. The tongue is not just, well, it's just words. Like, what's the big deal? Hopefully we know that by now. It's life and death. It can spiritually spiritually burn your house to the ground. Here's what James says. The tongue reveals the heart. James 3, starting verse 9. Here we go. Sometimes, he's talking about the tongue, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives and a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Sorry, this is where I got ahead of myself a little bit earlier, okay? This is the point that I was making. Taming the tongue is a constant thing. It's a daily decision. He says many, many times we bless God and then curse his creation who has made the image of God in the same moment. And this is what happens on Sunday afternoons. We've got to watch ourselves. He says, this is so vital. He says, your words reveal what's on the innermost part of you. Think of a well or a spring. Where's that water coming from? Whether it's bitter or whether it's fresh, it's coming deep from within something. And he's saying that's what your words are like. When your words come out of your mouth, it's coming from a certain place in you that's deep in you, deep in your heart. And he's just echoing what Jesus said. The tongue reveals the condition of the heart. Jesus said this in Matthew 12, verse 33. Jesus said, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. 
Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's the same, the same verbiage as the spring. It's deep in there somewhere. Verse 35, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, he brings forth good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. It's never just words. Jesus just said, we are justified or condemned by our words. By faith alone, faith's the start. But it's just like faith without works is dead. Hear me in this. We are justified or condemned by our words. He says, for every idle word men may speak, I'll give an account for it. Every idle word, every useless word, every word that I speak that doesn't glorify God doesn't mean I can only say God's word. It just means am I, am I saying things that aren't grieving the Holy Spirit? It's not grieving the Holy Spirit. Every idle word I will give an account for. The tongue then reveals all. It is the window into our heart. One know the conditions of someone's heart? How do they talk? How do they speak? What do they say? You want to know <laughs> if someone, they, they got Jesus deep in here? Let crisis come and let them see what, what comes out. The goal, and I've heard another pastor use this, the goal is think of it like a sponge. You have a sponge, you dip that sponge in the water and you soak up all the water. You pull the sponge out. And when crisis comes, when life comes and tries to squeeze you and put tension on you, it should be like squeezing that sponge. Doesn't mean you're not going to get some pressure, tension, stress. It just means when it happens, Jesus comes out. Living water comes out, just like water comes out of a sponge. That's the goal. So when crisis happens, i got to be able to have God in me, time with him, alone with him, intimate with him, putting his word in my heart so that in response I can speak the correct thing. Not denial, not death, life, and life abundantly. Disciples don't talk or they, they don't act differently than their rabbi. In history, that's what, was, that's what we see. They would follow so closely behind the rabbi that the dust of his sandals would get on their feet. That's how close they followed, did everything that he did. And I think many times we like to say, hey, well, I'm a disciple of Christ. Great. That doesn't just mean I go to church when it's convenient. <laughs> that means that I engage in a relationship with him and I allow his character to become my character. I live, love, and I look like Jesus. That's what I'm striving for. I'll never be perfect in it, but I can be, be being perfected in what I'm pursuing. I may stumble. I'm going to face some hardships, but I'm going to get back up. I'm going to check my words, and tomorrow or this afternoon, I've been speaking death all week. Today, from this moment forward, I'm going to choose to speak life. I'm going to speak life. Just like best friends talk and they act like one another. You ever have a close friend and you haven't hung out in a while, but then once you hang out a little bit and you start to talk, you have a bunch of inside jokes, and you, you, you talk the same way. Me and my, I have two older brothers, and we're the, that's what we do. We have a ton of inside jokes. We hang out a little bit, and when we hang out, you know, you'd swear we were kids again, almost. We would just joke around and we have fun and we talk a lot alike. Why? Because we spent time together. 
That's what Jesus is asking of us. He says, I've made it easy for my character to come out in you. And it's easy because I've given you my Holy Spirit. And if you will tap into him, if you will ask him for help, if you'll read my word, when, when life comes and squeezes you like a sponge, I will come out and living water will come out. And I'm here to help. We must learn to tame our tongues. Does this make sense? Our church is, a, is very much a thinking church. You know, like when I'm up here, we don't get a lot of, Becca gives me some from time to time. She gives me an amen from time to time. But sometimes you guys are just chewing on it, I guess. So uh, I must, we must learn to tame our tongues. I say, I'll have to say, sometimes I get done, I'm like, I, hey, it blessed me, so I hope it blessed them as well. <laughs> but a controlled tongue leads to a controlled life. Use your tongue to steer through the storms of this life. An uncontrolled tongue leads to a life on fire. Be careful what you speak. Don't burn your house down. Don't burn your home down by what you're saying to each other. Choose your words wisely. Guard it. Watch your words, for they reveal the condition of your heart. When you're facing that frustrating day and everything is going wrong, and to top it off, your hoodie pocket gets stuck on the drawer in, in the kitchen. Does that ever happen, right? Everything's going wrong, and that just pushes it over the top. You know what I'm saying? Watch your mouth. <laughs> Guard what comes out, because it's going to reveal what's in here. First Peter 3.10, I'll finish with this. He's quoting the Psalms, but I like the way that he words this. He says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Ain't that good? It's really that simple. You want to have a good life? You want to enjoy life here on this earth? You want to have a life and life abundantly? You want to enjoy it and have many happy days? Just, just keep this thing in check. <laughs> you may think it, but you cannot afford to say everything you think. Let's guard it. Let's speak life. And let's let God go to work through our words. Amen? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you. We come before you in the name of Jesus. We just say thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you are a helper to us. You've sent your Holy Spirit to be our helper, to guide us, to direct us. And God, I thank you that you've given us your word so that we can live a long, prosperous, joyful life here on this earth. Not just someday in eternity. Lord, we know that we're going to face tough times, but we know that you've given us tools to use so that we can steer through the tough times. And God, I just pray that this week you would just make us aware of what we're speaking. Help us be aware of what we're saying over our marriages, over our kids, over our job, over our situation, over our future. Help us be aware of what we're speaking. Help us, Lord, be aware that if we let anything come out of our mouth that would be death to a situation, would you just, would you just give us a check in our spirit? Help us see it. Help us speak life. And God, I thank you that your word says that as we choose to speak life, it's in the power over the tongue. I think that as we choose to speak life that aligns with your word, that your word never returns void, that it goes out and it does what you send it to do. And so as we align our words with your word, Lord, I thank you that it is going to go out and it's going to produce fruit and we're going to see life. We're going to see things change. We're going to see marriages turn around. We're going to see new hope where there was no hope. We're going to see uh, healing where there seemed to just be sickness and disease. God, I thank you that as we speak, you are going to use it for your glory. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out abidechurch.com.